1: Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller & Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we talk the world of sports with you for the next couple of hours and certainly appreciate you at least spending some of your morning with us coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Only one guest in the first hour of the program, Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. Frank Trent and I will take a long look at the NFL where we are at What we saw last night, dot, 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 and what we may see this weekend in a preview. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. San Francisco and the Ravens collide Uh, this weekend. We may see this game twice. A lot of ball to be played. Got all the cliches in there. But, man, (laughs) watching this kid last night, Trent, uh, the kid I'm referring to, Lamar Jackson, of course. Boy, oh, boy, what a weapon. Uh, How do you stop him? Well, I don't think you can.
2: I mean, it, realistically, and, and we'll see a very good 49er defense coming up this week, but
1: oh, what, what's the I game? I thought we play? saw a pretty, good, a pretty good Rams defense last night. Well, they have Aaron Donald, but yeah. that is a They have team. Wade Phillips, too, who's as good as a defensive mind as in the
2: league. Oh, but remember, usually with Wade Phillips' teams, by the time you get to that third and fourth year, that's when the cracks start to show Fair point. pretty I much every stop well. that he has been. Comes out hair yep. on fire. Those defenses yep. are great. That's and then point. Suddenly, mm-hmm. and what do you think that is? Is it him as a coach? Is it people just understanding what he's doing schematically and he's not willing to adapt and change? Because there's got to be something to it.
1: Well, because he's run out of time. It's funny you mention that. That's a really good point, Trent, because like he spent a lot of time in Denver. Mm-hmm. A lot of chunks in Denver. Four years. Four <laughs> yep. years. Yep. Four yep. years. Yeah. Uh, but he's beaten um, Belichick. He's beaten Romeo Cronell. Mm-hmm. Uh, that graphic was put up on Monday Night Football last night. Uh, boy, he's he's fun to watch. He's really fun to watch. And then you factor in Ingram, mm-hmm. who's just, my God, what a... A bull. Oh, he's a tough, uh, tough, tough back. Um, what's the other kid? Edwards, mm-hmm. uh, who's running the ball well. And then you chuck it around to Andrews Hollywood and Brown, Brown and uh, uh, Boykin. jeez. I thought Tessitore weapons.
2: missed an opportunity. That first touchdown by Hollywood, in Hollywood... Yeah. Come on. And he calls him Varquise.
1: No, no, no. Come no, on, Joe T. Hollywood. You're That 100% that thing, right. I mean, set up on a tee for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and couldn't hit it out of the park. No, but the Baltimore Ravens certainly did. Mr. Monday Night, you were on the Rams, I believe, <laughs> yeah, weren't
2: you? Yeah, that was really our hot streak came to a crash and a thud last you night. You were never in
1: this game. No. <laughs> what was it, I, 28-6 at halftime, I think?
2: When they cut it to 14-3, well, okay, can, I they never think, even had that yes. fleeting moment.
1: It was 14 nothing, then 14-3, right, and then 21-3. Six straight possessions. Uh-huh. Just, that will touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Six, seven touch minutes
2: down. off the clock. We'll do it wherever we want. We'll get seven, eight
1: yards of pop and... Mm-hmm. Touchdown! At the Fifteen end of it. to twenty for a buck sixty nine. Five touchdown passes. Five touchdown. Five passes. touchdown passes. Lamar Jackson. Oh, there were a lot of people that missed on him. A ton of people. This was the last pick. I never thought that it was. Nor be this. did I, Trent. Nor did I. Um, and and it was one of the more simpler equations
2: when it comes to quarterbacks, but one that has held true for at least my thirty nine years of watching football. It's this. If you're not very accurate in college, mm-hmm. you're not going to be very accurate as a pro. That is something that just doesn't translate very well. I guess there's two guys that really fall in this category. The other one that's playing well up in Buffalo, Josh Allen. Yeah, he is. Who, completion percentage was never very high, accuracy was always the knock, and that's why had I a said, gun. this guy is going to be a bust. I wasn't saying bust with Jackson. I, I, I never went that far, but I did with Allen. I thought he was going to be awful. I thought he was going to be Trubisky bad. Mm -hmm. Ryan Leaf bad. Trubisky bad. That's how bad I thought he was going to be, and that certainly has not been the case. But the equalizer, or what can get away from some of those issues, is the legs. Josh Allen has that. Lamar Jackson has that to the nth degree. Is this leading to an evolution of the quarterback position? Well, I think it started with Patrick Mahomes to some extent. Mahomes Uh, is a freak, though. I mean, because he's an elite level passer, too. He is. Lamar Jackson is he's, still not an elite level passing. No, but
1: he's effective enough. And yes, here is the thing yes. that I didn't realize is about him last year. Do you know what he spent his off season doing? Throwing an NFL football. Because when he got his shot last year to play, he wasn't used to the grip from oh, the sure. college ball to the NFL ball. And you see guys walking in the hallways or wherever at yeah. school, you know, carrying a ball because he fumbled or whatever. I guess that's what Lamar Jackson spent his entire off season doing, trying to learn how to throw an NFL ball. Uh, the stats are through the roof. They're just crazy, um, boy, oh boy, oh boy, Here's the thing. They sit as the two seed right now, mm-hmm. if it plays out, if it holds form for the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl would have to knock off the chiefs, yeah, because you know, let's say the three beats the six and it goes they hold serve, so the chiefs the chiefs have to go to Baltimore in the divisional round. And then they'd have to go to Foxborough to knock off Brady and Belichick and company before they come up against the NFC. So if they get there, they earned it.
2: They have earned it. Now, right now,
1: remember, the Texans have that tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So the Texans would be three, the Chiefs would be four. So the Chiefs would get Buffalo and Houston would get Colts. Uh, right now, I believe the
2: Steelers have the tiebreaker. The but the Steelers, Raiders, Colts, Titans, all six and five, and sitting just a game back. Those Cleveland Browns at five and six, and the
1: Steelers and the Browns play each other this weekend. They do uh, in some Pittsburgh. Um, what to say? It is well. Where was the Where was the
2: helmet throw game? Yeah, it is in Pittsburgh. There you yeah, because that was in Cleveland, right? Remember how crazy the fans were because they finally beat the Steelers. That Miles Garrett had to do that yeah, at the end of the, the game. It was overshadowed everything. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Um, Something like 11 s- consecutive losses. So the. Yeah, you been, don't see that in divisional games, no matter the difference between the two teams. Right. Um,
1: Bills, Chiefs. Chiefs will win that game. Then they would play then they would take on New England. Yes. So they're conceivably able to play New England twice in four weeks because they play in what, coming up in two weeks? Sounds right, yeah. I think so.
2: And how about that for New England? I mean, if they're going to get there, they're going to earn it. There have been plenty of years where well, they really have to win one game yeah. out of the AFC. Not so Denver, much the case. Beat the Steelers. If it's beating the Chiefs and then beating the Ravens back-to-back beat weeks. Beat Peyton Manning with the Colts. Yeah, right. that is absolutely earning it in a big-time way. I'm looking forward to this. I
1: hate to say we're at that point where it's not crazy to look ahead because, yeah. sadly, we are at that point uh, on the calendar. All right, you brought it up with an interesting point, and you reminded me of, a, a, I think it was Planned Sick Days that retweeted this. We both saw it uh, pursuant to the Hawkeyes and, and what we thought was you know, a given uh, that Wirfs and Epinesa are going to move on after this year. They're going to leave some eligibility on the table because they're both projected to go in the first round. It wasn't pro football focus. I don't think. Pro Football Network. There you go. Com. Pro Football Network. And this guy, what's his name? Tony Pauline. Yes, I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. I have too. Yep. Uh, so, so meaning
2: he's you know it's he's been around random, for a while, right? Yeah. so that some guy with eight Twitter followers that just throws crap against the wall and hope one sticks?
1: Yeah. This guy apparently mines all the information. Kind of is a uh, I don't know a, a, a central point, if you will, of distributing it. And his post on Saturday or Sunday, whatever it was this weekend, said that he's hearing that it's not a given that A.J. Empanista and Tristan Wirfs decide to forego their final year of eligibility. So that's one thing for him to say it. It's another thing for Kaker or Dockerman or Leistakow or Emmerich or Morehouse, you know, the Hawkeye beat media. Did I miss anybody? Because I don't, didn't mean to. No. Um, to actually, you know, to opine on that themselves. What do you think the chances are? Is there some validity to this? Because here's the thing. When the Paulsons were going through the Senior Day, yeah. Wurst was balling like a baby, apparently, in the tunnel watching this. Oh, and one other
2: uh, note about Senior Day. Yeah. One of my favorite moments about that, and, and didn't get this in my notes yesterday. Young? Devontae. Yeah, yeah. A guy that, yeah, I mean, Trend, his, his family he couldn't here, make it from D.C. Right, but do you remember the buzz in his freshman oh, year? Wide <laughs> receiver, right? Right. Yeah. This was going to be the He was
1: the star of fall camp.
2: Yes, absolutely. But his parents couldn't make it. So Mm -hmm. Devontae Young runs out to midfield, and who is waiting there? Uh, Great story. Mary Ferentz. Mm -hmm. Wearing a 17 jersey Mm -hmm. with his name on the back, Mm -hmm. and then Kirk comes over, too. that. You talk about getting emotional. No, in your old listen, age. I'm with you. That, that one got me.
1: Yeah, it should. This is this is this is the story of these two, right? Mm-hmm. I know they take a lot of arrows. Nine and three's not good enough. Yeah. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. He's he's making a ton of money. Blah blah blah.
2: Medio It's just mediocre. That's all it is. I get it. Yeah. Look,
1: I, I I faulted Kirk Ferentz once. The whole Rabdo thing. That's, mm-hmm. that's the only bone I've really had to pick. And I think if he had to do it again, he clearly wouldn't have stayed in Cleveland with right. Gin's father. Um, I don't know. Maybe he didn't understand the severity, but he gets a pass from me because all of the other things mm-hmm. that he has done to not overcome that. I mean, that's, uh, it's not even close. Um, the, the good so far outweighs the bad. Uh, but that's another perfect example of the good, And I'm glad you brought that up because that was pretty good. So, but back to the original. Yes. Where are you on this? Does this make sense to you, Ball balling, watching Paulson go through this? Mm-hmm. Apparently... You know that would mean something to him when, to be out there to see his mom at Panessa. Maybe not having the year that draft people thought he was going to have. I don't know.
2: It's these two guys are very interesting cases too, and, and each individually. From AJ Epinesa, the first five star that I was got in fifteen years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A kid that and always wanted to play at Iowa. Who was
1: the last one? Uh, Blake Larson. Larson, right? Now he's a cop, right in KC? I, yeah, I think that sounds I think right. too.
2: And Epinesa, his dad played at Iowa, loved the program, loved everything about it. And he hasn't had the season that you anticipate. It's going to be there. And family is so important to that family. And talking to people that know the family well, that's one thing that is continually mentioned. It's about their family. That is first and foremost there. Maybe it does mean more for him to stick around for another year and wear that Iowa uniform. Because he said it before, that's most important for him. Mm -hmm. Whatever NFL jersey he wears, whatever. But wearing an Iowa uniform is important. And then you mentioned Tristan Wirfs and Mark Morehouse's long-ranging story yes. with him this summer. It was good story. It was good piece. And you mentioned his mom. And you can tell how important mm-hmm. that connection he wants is. wants that
1: moment, I think, Trent. Uh, there's no doubt. I don't – I wouldn't say Likely. But it's certainly a better chance than what we thought. Was we go back Which to August? Which was ten percent? Yeah, I don't even know if it was that. I think it was a no-brainer. Epinesa was a top five at the beginning of yes. this. now he hasn't had the year, but he still he, had a pretty good he one. Absolutely, he's had a pretty good one. Whoever would NFL pick team uh, picks him, they're going to be very pleased with their selection. And, and depending
2: on how you measure pressures, and Pro Football Focus does it different than your official statistics do. But the Minnesota game, he had nine pressures. Nine, pre- you don't see def. Well, this side of Chase Young, you don't see defensive ends that create that kind of havoc. Does he have the sack numbers that he had, or was on pace for last year to have as a full time? No, but if you watch a game and you really watch line play, you see what kind of havoc that guy mm-hmm. creates each and every time, and also how he's grown as more just a situational pass rusher. What he has become. Well, what did Frost,
1: what did Frost say about him yesterday? He said. Uh, so he he watches he watches Epenesa he sees him, sees him as a Steeler, um, you know the Pittsburgh Steeler sees him. Um, oh, I, I'm I'm messing it up, but it was a pretty good quote both against the pass and the run, mm-hmm. and he certainly got Frost's attention this week as he should. Um, Yes, we look forward to that game. All right, did we do the BMW guest list? We that did, we fun. did, yes. Did I get through the 11 o'clock hour? I think I did. Yeah, Mitch Sherman coming up at 11. We'll take a look at uh, Nebraska and Iowa with Mitch. Boy, I guess the weather system, that, um, according to Twitter and the Hawkeye followers and the Nebraska guys we follow, I guess it's going to be a factor. I mean, Denver is just getting clobbered right now with snow so if that's where it's starting and it's coming west before hopefully it misses us and goes a little bit north let's hope oh fingers crossed right uh but i guess weather could be a big big factor on friday that the passing game may be maybe difficult to throw the football and i was run game right now not good (laughs) well i mean look at illinois illinois couldn't
2: stop pretty much anybody this year against the run and they put eight in the box and Mm -hmm. sometimes nine in the box they said nate stanley you beat us you beat us yeah he was able to do it enough. He didn't play his best game, but he still for threw over for three hundred. But those are the kind of games in the past. Iowa against a run defense that isn't very good. Regardless of who put up there, they could run the football. That's not the case here. That's not the case this year. Nebraska stinks defensively. I mean, let's be honest, mm-hmm. they're awful. Mm-hmm. But we have seen nothing this year to give you any kind of hope that I was going to be able to run the football even against an awful defense like Nebraska. I think that's concerning. I like the under. Tell you that I already fired at that this morning. <laughs> what is it? Before Forty-four it goes
1: down. So you think this thing can trend down? Well, if the weather is as bad as summer forecasting, um, gee, it could be. It was. You were chirping about the weather, and I hopped on right away. Uh huh. And I got a fire at that. Forty-four. Mm. Uh, Manhattan's going to avoid it, right? It shouldn't be a factor. Should, I don't yeah, think, I think because I think it goes north. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So so the clones should be good, I would think, for that sick boy. I'm glad that's a night game. That's, that's, uh, that's, just finish out this season. Because um, w- what what else is what's in the national spotlight on, on Saturday night? Do you know? Uh, I heard yesterday. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I got it in front oh, of Oh, that's me. good. Colorado, yeah. Utah. I mean, Utah's what? Four-touchdown favorite? Right. Four-touchdown favorite. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. All right, Bedlam, will give you that. Florida, angle to Florida it. State. Florida, Florida State. Some years, not this year. Not this year. Uh, and uh, and Fox Sports One has uh, Iowa State and K State. And then
2: we get to cap it off with one what of do my we favorites. get? Army
1: no, at Hawaii, eleven thirty. Talk about contrasting
2: styles there. Army triple option, run the football every time. Hawaii five odd, chuck it around every time. Hawaii's playing for a championship. Did you uh, see? I might stay up
1: until three o'clock in the morning just to watch that thing. I mean, I'll get up before that time, but I'll just be going to <laughs> the. <laughs> um, but Hawaii's playing in, uh, for the championship, yeah. right? I'm pretty sure. Against Boise. Boise. Yep. So that's already settled. Hawaii, three o'clock.
2: Saturday, the 7th.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's too much going on. I won't see much of that one. Yeah. Too many other Because real
2: games. the SEC championship game starts a little later than normal. I think it is three o'clock. I think, it is, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. So sorry, Hawaii Boise. I don't think that's going to be right, a big here, All right,
1: here's championship Saturday. Big 12 starts at 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Max starts at 11. Sunbelt 11. Nobody cares. AAC, Cincinnati versus Memphis or Navy is at 2.30. 3 o'clock for the Mountain West. 3 o'clock for the SEC. ACC is at 6.30. And the Big Ten is at 7.00. The night before Friday night, Oregon will play either USC or Utah. It's going to be the Utes. Opposite. uh, Uh, By the way, Clay Helton got a vote of confidence from the AD. Did you see that? They had a lot of injuries this year. Mm -hmm. Eight and four. And they got a freshman quarterback. Slovis can play. He can.
2: Uh-huh. You know, people. Well, he had an injury to the quarterback. Well, maybe that was a good thing for it them was. this year.
1: Yeah, it was. Matt Fink, right, was the starter, mm-hmm. Matt Fink? And, and I think he played some the other night. Because uh, Slovis got clobbered, uh, not the other night, the, uh, the after, afternoon, middle of the afternoon. He got just, I thought it wasn't going to get up. And he oh, missed, yeah? He was like, missed a snap, and he was right back in there. But Matt Fink uh, came in, because Matt Fink beat Utah. <laughs> That's he right. did, yes. think fake. Yeah. Friday night? Uh, was it? I think it might have been a Friday yeah. night. But that was the only knock on Utah. Well, we get the television show tonight. I, I think you and I yesterday with Bama kind of hit the nail on the head with this one. I mean, I, let, let's try and go through sp- certainly the first. Well, let's see how far we can get before we disagree. All right. LSU? Yes. Ohio State? Yes. Clemson? Yes. Georgia? Yes. Bama? Yes. Utah? Yes. Oklahoma? Yes, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Minnesota. Baylor, Florida. I
2: don't, nah, I don't think it'll be Baylor.
1: Florida? Y- yeah.
2: Baylor ten? Or maybe even Penn State. Yeah, they've lost. With two but
1: losses? But
2: yeah. Would you put a two loss Penn State team
0: over, over a one loss Baylor?
2: Baylor? The way that they lost? 28-17. Uh, Minnesota game easily could have won that one. Yeah, they were coming back. Yeah.
1: Well, Over a Baylor team that, I mean, what's the most impressive thing about Baylor? The way that they win. You know, it reminds me of a little bit, Hawks in 2015, that the margin for error was so low. But they have a loss in there, and they, that's, no, that's important. That's true, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but just the way they win the games, it's the way that they're winning uh, with very little margin for error. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, for the certainly for the first... Eight. I think we'll get to Minnesota before maybe we will... Then know, it is cream. it Florida? Yep. Is it Baylor? Uh, we'll see. All right, we're going to hear from uh, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com coming up. Um, does it seem to you like it's San Francisco? San Francisco, Baltimore is the most likely at this point? Right. Who do you want to toss out of those two? Mm. San Francisco because of Seattle? San Francisco because of Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers or Minnesota? no. I still you this. still can't get past I Brady in Belichick. I just
2: can't. I can't. No. We haven't got to December yet, no. and Brady has looked. This is a conversation I had with you. What was that week four with Buffalo mm-hmm. when New England played Buffalo and they won at sixteen ten? But just watching Brady that day, and it just it was bad. He was chucking the ball down, and anytime there was pressure there, it wasn't thrown no, away. He throws it throws in the feet, right? Yeah. Just yeah. get rid of it. Don't get hit. Yeah. And since then, which is a good business decision it, on his part, it is. But since then, you're just waiting for it to all click. Uh huh. Sanu's getting healthy. Well, I hope so. I mean, but Edelman,
1: I mean, has he lost a half step? Maybe, but he's still he's still very reliable. There some was a drop catches. in there. There was one drop this weekend. I know the player you're referring to, but there was some completely laying out and coming up with a yeah. catch. Of the very few guys. Is he a Hall of Famer? Oh, I don't I don't think, think so. he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Look at his career. It's good. I mean, he's been steady. He's been the one constant for Brady. Was John Taylor a Hall of Famer? Yeah, but John Taylor was uh, was the B player. He was. Um, Edelman
2: was the B player many times but it, too, but
1: to a bunch of different A's.
2: Sure, but he's still the B player. Uh, I mean Gronk for seven yeah, of those for years. Sure. Randy Moss for sure. before one that. I don't think so. No,
1: I think he's going to be close. Hall of very good. He yep. can get in there. Yep. I mean, Not I'm the Hall of Fame I for know. me going to be an interesting decision once we get to that point. Well, ask Frank Schwab. See what he thinks about it. All right, he's coming up. Mitch Sherman on uh, Nebraska and Iowa. I guess weather's going to be a factor in that football game. And the final Black Friday game for two years for the Hawks. Yeah, that stinks, right? So, in fact, you said that just before the show. So I went and I I, uh, jumped on Iowa's future schedule. Mm -hmm. 2020. Next year. Next year. So Iowa State's week two. They'll host Iowa State. Then they go to Minnesota in week number three, Northern Illinois. Here's the Big Ten slate. Their crossover games come bing, bang, boom. Home to Sparty, at Buckeyes, at Nittany Lions. <laughs>
2: How about that back-to-back weeks? Who did Kirk Ferris piss off well, in the throwing Michigan scheduling State office? Because
1: D'Antonio's going to be gone. They'll have a new coach there. Right. But Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State in consecutive weeks to start October. Have fun. Northwestern, then a bye, which is on Halloween. The final four games at Illinois, home to Nebraska, which is weird. Mm-hmm. At Purdue, home to Wisconsin to end the regular season. And that will be on Saturday, not Black Saturday, Friday. Saturday the 28th. Nebraska
2: right? keeps Black Friday, though. They'll play the Gophers those two years Just, on Black Friday. You know,
1: let's, let's ask Mitch Sherman about that. If, you, if I don't, you do. Okay. Um, there's got to be some remorse there, right? Because this has become a rivalry. I don't, yes. It's yeah. It's a rivalry. Nebraska fans... They don't want it to be. No, they don't. I think Iowa fans, there's more... Is there more hate in this state towards Nebraska than Nebraska has towards Iowa? And I think it's it's not about even the program today. It's just
2: the arrogance, the the 1990s, and, and just uh. all that. At least for me, that's what annoys me. Mm-hmm. How is that relevant? Well, kids that are, it's
1: really... It's, it's not those today. kids that are
2: playing out there, weren't even they weren't born, born right? when you were a relevant college mm-hmm. football program. This is a team that hasn't won a conference title in two decades. Yet they still sit over there and they're, they're superior to everybody else looking down from Mont Pius. You haven't done anything in two decades. It's true, but you got to put the
1: national media into this podcast Yo, if absolutely. you're going to stir it up. Because, man.
2: We talked about that this summer.
1: Who, uh, Trent, it was crazy that they were getting the love that mm-hmm. they were. They have to win this week to get the six. You listen to people this summer. Trent, they're... they're The train, yes, it's train's coming. Get off the tracks. It's going to be a battle of unbeaten. Once Ohio, while they played, but um, you know the chance to revenge, whatever, did not happen. We'll take a time out. Frank Schwab joins the program next. We're going to do a good segment on the NFL with Frank as we take you up until noon in the eleven o'clock hour. Mitch Sherman from the Athletic will be here. Solo Zubin Mahente. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen and more.
0: Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
1: KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, coming up on 1030 as we take you until noon, let's get our friend Frank Schwab in here from Denver where he's getting clobbered uh, with a snowstorm. Uh, we'll talk some NFL, but I want to start with weather, Frank. Good to speak with you. Uh, how bad is it uh, in uh, in the Denver area?
0: It's, it's been worse. It's it's not great, but you know that's okay. It's, it's yeah, you know, we live with it. Well, because it'll be like fifty degrees in a few days. because of yep. Denver. Rule, so we're we're fine. It's not it's not as bad as they were uh, worried about.
1: Uh, I remember I lived there from ninety. 90- 1 through 94, and it's uh, you're 100% right. Going to get a foot of snow one day, and four days later it's gone, and it's 55, 60 degrees out there in the middle of winter. Well, let's get to the NFL. Want to save some time at the end to get you uh, to opine on uh, your alma mater, Wisconsin, will take on Minnesota for the Big Ten West Championship up in the Twin Cities. But NFL first, your new power rankings came out. I think you're spot on. Uh, Baltimore has moved to the top of your power rankings. I'm thinking everybody else. San Francisco, Baltimore this weekend Uh, this weekend. It's not crazy to think that we may see this game twice. But I want to go to Baltimore and what Lamar Jackson is doing, and I'll use your word. He is electrifying. My God. Um, Who knew? (laughs) Who saw this coming, Frank?
0: Yeah, nobody saw this. I I mean, for him to... uh, It would take an upset right now for him not to win MVP. If he and Russell Wilson were close the past couple weeks... Well, Lamar's just kind of, uh, you know, taking a huge jump now. I mean, he could have a terrible game against San Francisco, and Russell could come back. Uh, you know, it happens. But right now, Lamar Jackson's the best player in the NFL. Uh, he is—he's just unstoppable. And you know, I was just talking to—I had another show this morning, and they were, you know, asking about, oh, are, are teams going to figure this out? or teams? No, that, this is not a tricky, you know, uh, some weird gadget offense. This is a. It's, it's an old-school offense, really, but it's not a, a gadget offense. It is, we're running the ball. We're, we're going to line up with our 11. We're not going to have our quarterback handoff because our quarterback is the best runner on the field. Mm-hmm. We're going to line up with our 11, and good luck stopping us. And I, there's nothing to figure out. It is, the the 11th guy on the Baltimore Ravens offense is the most elusive guy in the field, and you're, you're just not going to tackle him. It's it's. An amazing offense. It's fun to watch. I, I really like different offenses, you know. And this one is truly different. I don't think anybody's catching up to this. It doesn't mean it can't be stopped, but I, I just don't. It, it, we're not. Gonna, I don't think we're going to look up in two or three years and say, "Oh, you know, this is just like RG three and everybody figured it out." No, I just. I think this is going to last as long as kind of Lamar Jackson stays healthy, which is a, a different discussion altogether. He's he's great. The Ravens are fun. They're really, really good. And, uh, yeah, and right now they're the best team in
1: football. Uh, I saw the stat on Monday Night Football, what they've outscored last year's Super Bowl opponents by, like, 79 to 30-something. So let's talk about the NFC rep, the team they beat last night. What has happened to this Rams team as quickly as it has gone bad? Sean McVay was brilliant. Uh, he, he had trouble keeping guys off his staff because if you 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 know if you, uh, played golf with Sean McVay, you were getting a job uh, in, in the offseason. Everybody wanted guys off his tree. What has happened to this team?
0: Yeah, and I think it's 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 not one thing. I think it's just everything is multiplied on them. You know, Gurley's not the same back. The offensive line has taken a huge step back. That's a big deal. Teams have kind of figured out, all right, they're just living off play action. We are not going to. We're just going to be disciplined, not let them have their play action, and see what happens. And, and then you know the receivers haven't been quite as good this year, and, and it's just it's just kind of compounds and everything. All coming together at once. That this is just a a really average offense. I think, you know, I mean, as much as we've praised Sean McVeigh the first couple of years, yeah. we have to we have to say, hey, okay, you're the genius. Why haven't you figured anything out? with This that offense was terrible last night. They've been terrible in other games, and I'm not saying Sean McVeigh's a bad coach. He's, he's clearly not, but maybe you know, I I, I want to see a counterpunch. Let's put it that way. I. I I want to see, you know, how is he going to get this team out of this rut? He hasn't yet. So I just think it's everything. This this Rams team is just – and there's a Super Bowl hangover, too. Most teams that play in the Super Bowls outside of the Patriots struggle the next year. It's a shorter offseason. You play a ton of games. Every reason that that makes sense is why there's Super Bowl hangovers. And I think the Rams are dealing with that as well. It's just everything piling on them. And the funny thing is, you know, one last thing on the Rams – you know, you think about it, and they paid golf a ton of money, and probably regret that. They paid Gurley a ton of money; they obviously regret that. Is this championship window already closed? Mm-hmm. Is this team that they they've traded away picks? They've spent a ton of money on star players, and now what? I mean, I think that you know, there should be serious fear that we're not going to see that Rams team from the past couple of years ever again. I mean, sometimes it comes and goes that quick in the NFL.
2: Might be a bad team moving into that brand new stadium coming up here. Two bad teams. For the Rams, no doubt. Hey, I want to get your thoughts on this, Frank. New England, they're 10-1. It's silly in a way to say what's wrong with the Patriots, but you continue to watch that offense. Tom Brady, I fell in this trap before and I've told myself I'm not going to, but my eyes are telling me Something's wrong with Tom Brady and the New England offense. What do you see?
0: Yeah, and uh, I see the same things. It's it's tough to take anything for Sunday's game because weather. It, the weather was yeah. bad. Weather. I mean, yeah, well, it's 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 like you almost throw that out. But every other game, you know, that they, they don't have a ton of They don't have Gronk anymore. They, you know, their running game hasn't been great. Their offensive of the line hasn't been great. Now they get I'd say, a win back as their left tackle. That helps, obviously. But yeah, this is not a team that's going to play you know, incredible offense and score 42 points, as we've seen some years in the Brady era. This is a team that's going to just have the grind-out wins and it can, because that defense is really, really good. And, you know, it, when push comes to shove, I, I still am going to have a hard time believing that Tom Brady can't make some plays in January. You know what I mean? When when you get into a one-game situation and it looks like, okay, the Patriots era is over, all that, you kind of forget that Bill Belichick is going to have the best game plan in the NFL and Tom Brady's going to be able to execute it. Now, everything, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl necessarily, but I do think they're going to be the number one seed. I do think that they're, they have the best coach in the game. I, I believe that their quarterback is still capable of clutch moments, let's put it that way. And uh, so it's going to be tough to pick against the, the New England Patriots when it counts. Uh, it's uh, just, like you said, we've fallen into this trap too many times. I'm, I, I, I see the same things you do as everybody else does. But I'm just sitting here saying, yeah, get to January and I think it's going to look different.
1: Uh, Break the tie on this. Trent and I had this discussion earlier. And look, I'm not saying he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Trent says no way. We're talking about Julian Edelman. I think it's going to be an interesting decision once his name comes up in uh, in that discussion. Not saying he's a first ballot by any means. Where are you on Julian Edelman's Hall of Fame candidacy to this point in his career?
0: I don't I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. i well look, the voters really like quote unquote clutch and they like winners and they like guys from big markets and you know, I mean all that kind of stuff does play in, let's be honest, and he checks a lot of boxes. And I you know, I was on Twitter saying yesterday saying I think Eli Manning's gonna everybody's gonna be surprised and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But mm. he checks every box the voters like. I I don't want him to be I don't think Eli's a Hall of Famer, but what do you think get into the voters' heads? What do they like? They like titles. They like, <laughs> you know, I mean, "quote unquote" clutch, and you know that's going to matter for Julian Edelman, who's never—I don't—is he been a Pro Bowler? I maybe once. I, I don't. He's not to me. He's not a Hall of Famer. But uh, I, I'm not a voter, and when you look at what the voters like, he's—he's going to have a case. I again, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, right. but. Do I think he will be a Hall of Famer? I think he's got a pretty good shot. I mean, he might be even you know, one of those guys that gets in on the, you know, Veterans Committee, whatever. But yeah, I think that there's two different there's two different things. Do I think he should be a Hall of Famer? No, probably not. Do I think he will be a Hall of Famer? Maybe. I, I, I don't. Uh, you know, it's going to be. He's going to have a pretty. Let's put it this way. He does have a good argument. I mean, it, if we we put. So much into Super Bowls and clutch and playoffs and all that. I mean, that's his argument, and he's got a pretty good playoff
2: resume. I want to jump to the AFC in the bottom quagmire that is uh fighting for that sixth spot. Bunch of six and five teams, but I'm still intrigued by that team that sits a game back at five and six, those Cleveland Browns. Are they figuring it out? I know it was Miami last week, but they get the Steelers this week and suddenly they can back to an even Steven five hundred. Your thoughts on the Browns and are they figuring it out?
0: I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's funny what happens when the schedule gets easier, right? Yeah, and okay. they yeah. did look pretty. They did look pretty good last week. I, I still I don't want to fall for this. I <laughs> do do I really think the Browns have gotten over all of the issues they had in the first half of the season? Probably not. But you look, their schedule is very favorable. They do have a one tough game against the Ravens, but at least it's at home, and they have beat the Ravens before, so. You know, maybe they can get them in, but even if they don't, look, I don't think they're going to need to win ten games. So the AFC is pretty soft for that six seed. They're certainly in it right now. Now, would it, it shock me if they scored seven points at Pittsburgh this week? No, not really, because you know they do have their issues. But I, I think that this is a team that's, that's surprisingly right in the mix. And let's put it this way: this would be one of the great like stories of the season at the Browns, above all teams, and we give up on them, we mm-hmm. kind of put dirt on them, we'd fire Freddie Kitcher in the midseason, I did too, and for them, if they were to rally and make the playoffs, especially without Miles Garrett, I mean, heck of a story, heck of a fun story, so I'm kind of rooting for it, but... I don't know. There's so many flaws that we saw in the first half of the season. I have a tough time believing those also exist somewhere.
1: Frank Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, is our guest. Frank, what did we learn on Sunday night about the? Green Bay Packers. I know there's a lot of people out tap the brakes once Rodgers gets to the playoffs. You're, you're, gonna, you're not going to overlook Rodgers in the playoffs. And, you know, I get it. But something's wrong with this football team, Frank. I think the Vikings are now the team to beat in the North. It was clearly one of those teams, uh, you know, most of the season long. But what I saw in the Packers and have seen in the Packers, this team's got some warts. The receivers can't get open for the most part on the, on the football. Um,
0: I don't know. Where are you on the Packers? Yeah, and that's the thing. I wrote this this morning in Power Rank, and he's just talking about, you know, they're 8-3, and three, and that's great. But I don't know that they're all that good of a football team. I mean, they're good, but are they a Super Bowl contender? I, did, did the team you see on Sunday look like a Super Bowl contender to you? And I think the big problem with the Packers isn't necessarily their weaknesses, but it's – let's just to the Green Bay Packers right now. Tell me, what what do they bring to the table that would really – leads you to believe they can make a playoff run if you want to say Aaron Rodgers that's fine but I don't know that he's necessarily that guy anymore he had 104 yards the other night and when you look at the stats I know that everybody will complain and argue but these are the facts Kirk Cousins is having a better year than Aaron Rodgers right now he is he has been the better quarterback for 11 games in this season so even if you're going to say well the Packers are going to win that division because they have Aaron Rodgers and the well Lions had the better quarterback so far this season. That's just facts. I, I'm sorry, like Aaron Rodgers is not the same guy who makes opponents quake in fear anymore. He's he's good. Uh, he's certainly good, but I don't think he's that. I'm just going to take over this game, and I'm going to no. I, I don't know if he's that guy anymore. And part of that is his receivers. His receivers stink outside of Devontae Adams. They just haven't done enough for him. So, and this defense they put together, which looked good early on, hasn't been that great. So. What you know? What can you hang your hat on if you're saying, yeah, the Packers can make a run? Well, why? Because we just magically assume Aaron Rodgers is going to play better than he has? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. He's got the guys around him to do that. So I just wonder what makes the Green Bay Packers a Super Bowl contender. Right now, there's really no answer for that. They're, they're still going to make the playoffs. They could still win the North, although I think the Vikings will. And But I just don't – I see this as a – good team that's just really honestly unless Aaron Rodgers does just get hot for a month just has no chance to really make a dent in the playoffs two
2: days away from turkey day we got the traditional of course lions first followed by the cowboys and a triple header now frank of those three games what has the chance in your mind to be the best game and secondly for an nfl writer what is your thanksgiving like hmm
0: <laughs> it's uh, You know, when I was a B-rider, it would be, be in the locker room for, uh, Or, you know, I, I spent two, I'm one of the rare uh, the guys who covered a team that spent two straight Thanksgivings on the road. The Denver Broncos played uh, at Dallas in 05 and then at Kansas City in 06. That was fun. brutal. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's usually, uh, you know, you, you end up watching a lot of football. But I love it. Uh, the best, I think the best game is Bills-Cowboys just because, I, the, the Bills aren't great. They're another one of those 8-3 teams that you're like, okay, well, I'm I not really impressed. But, you know, the Cowboys need to win games. Like, they, they can't just sit here and keep saying, well, okay, the, the Eagles stink twos so were fine. Like, no, at some point the, the Cowboys need to win games. I think the Bills' defense is really good, and they're going to give them a challenge. I also think that the Saints-Falcons game is. is weirdly interesting because Falcons just thumped the Saints. The Saints have now looked good. Like, nope. Look, we all expected, okay, the, the Saints from 5-0 without Drew Brees, and now Drew Brees is back. They're going to be even better. And that just has not happened. They've been kind of sleepwalking for three weeks now. Can they you know, just pound the Falcons on Thanksgiving night in Atlanta? I don't know. We'll see. It's always a great rivalry. So I'm interested by these games. I mean, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot on the line, except the, the first game's going to be terrible. But it's yeah, I think that Bill's Cowboys game is sneaky good because If the Cowboys lose that, it is just going to be panic and tell us at that point because the Eagles have a really soft schedule coming up. And boy, if the Cowboys somehow blow this playoff spot, Jason Garrett won't go. He he won't last until Black Monday.
1: Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's do this. Speaking of rivalries, there's one playing out in the north, uh, north of us up in the Twin Cities. Your alma mater, Wisconsin, is a slight favorite in the football game, though the line's coming down a little bit. Gophers. A lot of people think that this team is running out of gas. How do you see the Big Ten West de facto championship on Saturday, Frank Schwab?
0: I mean, you know, am I, am I speaking with my heart or my head here? Because you know, I, I want the Badgers to, to win this and then go get destroyed by Ohio State, of course. But I, if I, if I'm to being honest, I I don't know. This Wisconsin team is good. But I do think their limitations have shown up, you know. I mean, clearly, I think that it's going to be a very good game. This is the best. I was trying to think of the last time a Wisconsin-Minnesota game really meant this much for both teams. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, mm-hmm. honestly. I'm trying to – I mean, this is one of the biggest games they've ever had against each other because it's usually one of them's good right. or one of them – both of them are bad or – it's rare both of them are good. So I, I have a tough time – honestly, like, you know, thinking Wisconsin's just going to go into Minnesota and pound them, especially after what happened to Camp Randall last year. But I'm hoping. Uh, I, I hope this is a, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, 250-yard game, and, you know, they go and, again, go to the Big Ten Championship and hopefully don't get embarrassed too bad. You
1: know, Lev, from your perspective, since it's a talker on our show this week, this is the final week that Nebraska, the final year for a couple years, that Nebraska and Iowa will play on Black Friday. We like that. It's becoming a rivalry. Yet, for whatever reason, the former Nebraska Athletic Director didn't want that to be a permanent deal. So going, so starting next year, it's Minnesota and Nebraska freeing up Wisconsin and Iowa to play the final week of the regular season. From your perspective, no Wisconsin, Minnesota to end the regular season—is that going to be weird?
0: Um, no, it's fine. I mean, it's is at least you're not playing Rutgers or Maryland. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> I was, you know, it's funny because Iowa and Wisconsin are so. We've talked about this the week they play. They're so similar program-wise of, you know, just playing a style nobody else really plays, and recruiting and developing, which nobody does anymore. So I'm fine with that. I'm fine with, you know, kind of replacing one rivalry with another. Thank goodness it's going to be a real game and not, again, like if it was going to be, you know, oh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, they're going out to New Jersey to play Rutgers. I wouldn't be as happy. But I'm fine with that switch. Frank Schwab,
1: YahooSports.com. Frank, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for what you do for us. Yep, absolutely appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. You know, in Iowa,
2: traditionally played Minnesota at the end of the year for a long time. Yep, be some of those weird Raycom games I remember in the '80s up in the Roller Dome, and bad the memories of that one. But this, the Nebraska rivalry, it just felt right. It does. It, it felt like it fit. I think it'll be missed next year. Minnesota, with PJ Fleck, though, they have to be extremely pleased about that. That that is a plum assignment. We've seen the TV numbers in that game throughout Mm -hmm. the years on ABC and Mm -hmm. Fox and some of the other places, Ben. It gets a big, big number. That is a feather in the cap for P.J. Fleck and that program trying to build something up,
1: have that spot. That's a big thing. Um, We go back to the beginning of the year. Big Ten Network made a big deal when they grabbed this game as quickly as they did, right? Because they thought looking ahead, wow, it's going to be for a Big Ten West Championship, dot, dot, dot. Um, ABC puts up Virginia, Virginia Tech mm-hmm. in its place, because that's where it would have been in all likelihood. Or would Fox have grabbed it? Texas Tech, Texas? Hmm. I don't know
2: where. If, if it was available, you mean this weekend? Right.
1: If, if if the Big Ten Network
2: wouldn't have grabbed it. Well, because it's a Black Friday game, though, that schedule is in place beforehand. So I guess we would have found out. I think the BTN just wanted this game because they thought it was going that's to be important. They are going to get sure. something big. And instead, they get... A team playing for Holiday Bowl against... Mm-hmm. team playing for a bowl. The Quick Lanes Bowl.
1: The Quick Lanes Bowl. They oh,
2: Nebraska other. fans, Detroit in December is beautiful.
1: Wouldn't that be a... I mean, that's... I kind of want him to win for that reason. That, that reason alone. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll take a timeout, come back and finish the hour. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 14. Taylor. Woo-hoo!
0: Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO.
1: Right, welcome back. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Good hit with Frank Schwab, Yahoo YahooSports.com. Mitch Sherman coming up on Black Friday, Iowa, Nebraska, and then Zubin Mahente from ESPN. Uh, Trent, yesterday the National Sports Media Association released their list of nominees. They do it every year. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody that's not in the media really cares, so maybe we shouldn't talk about it. But we only <laughs> got a couple of minutes. All right. So let's opine, shall we? Did we make the cut? No, of we us? didn't. We didn't get there this no? year. No, next, um, next year. The sportscaster of the year. These are the three nominees: Keith Murphy, obviously, right? John Sears. Good and for John. Absolutely, he plays a big role over there. That um, yeah, does a lot of the stuff that. Um, yeah, he's a good. He's a good. He's a good sportscaster. Mm-hmm. Gary Dolphin is mm-hmm. the other. So Dolphin, Murphy, Sears, Murph wins it every year. Every year. Gary Dolphin, the guy that was suspended yes. last year? Yes.
2: Okay. I like Dolph personally, as you know. Right. I enjoy Dolph. Is this a career achievement, maybe? Possibly. I, I mean, are there other play-by-play guys that are a part of this?
1: Uh, yes, the answer is yes, okay. there are. all right. All right. So Dolph, Dolph in the year that he was suspended, Mm-hmm. Sportscaster of the Year. Interesting. And Channel 13 gets two gets of two. The two, it's two in the entire state. This isn't Des Moines. This is the state of Iowa. Huh. Um, I mean, the, the the easy answer is is Murph will win again. Yes, yes. He should, you know what he should do? He should, because uh, it, it's in North Carolina, these awards somewhere, right? Yes. Why I don't have... you buy a timeshare there, because he's there every year. <laughs> right.
2: I. Uh, in fact, I think the first time I ever met Keith was on a flight. He was going to Charlotte for that, uh-huh. probably about a decade ago. And uh, doing that, getting another award. So
1: should it be Dolphin? Should it be Sears? Should should I mean Keith wins it every year. He's gonna win it again. He is gonna win it again. He's gonna win it again. Here's the difficult one because All I right. think like you, I think Murph's a slam dog. Sports writer of the year. Uh, and we read all of these guys. Mark Emrit and Chad Leistikow from the Register. Travis Hines sees his name added to the list from the Ames Tribune. And Michael Loss, who won it last year, I believe. Okay. Did he, he did win it last year, or two years ago, recently. Halas, Leistikow, Hines, and Emmert. And the award Trent Condon goes to? I'm going to go with Mark emritt He's had a couple
2: of really deep dive articles that I really enjoyed this year. Go a little bit deeper into things. I'm going to go he mark. He wrote Emmer. a
1: long piece on the um, on Terrell.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't even thinking of that one, yeah. but yeah, Emmert. There's a couple of thought-provoking ones for him, so I'm going to go mark Emmert. Apologies. I was talking to Tommy Birch, who was enough for the award. Mm-hmm. He was talking to Hines. I told him to shave his beard because he's never going to be Birchy's beard.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a battle between it those is, Iowa State beard guys. They're, they're both pretty. They're both pretty uh, good beards. I like Leistecow. Yeah. The Chad's a good writer. Heinz is a good writer. They're all good. Halas' sense of humor is completely he's not he's not right. <laughs> he's, <laughs> and I he's, say that right. In a he good looks way. at
2: things differently, yes. and that's
1: as a columnist,
2: that's, that's what, what you, you have want.
1: to do. Absolutely. I think Leicester probably should win.
2: Um now how come Iowa has four guys up for the war and I just looked, because it goes alphabetically, Indiana, a state with double the population, only has three writers
1: for the award. Two of whom I've heard of, Greg Doyle and Zach Kiefer. I do not know the other guy. Uh, so you're going to go Emmerich. I'm going to go Leistakow. I think Murphy probably will win the sport. Although, wouldn't it be kind of cool for Dolph to get it? Especially yes. with the year that he's had. No
2: doubt. Yes. He was up there. I mean, he handled that press conference mm-hmm. incredibly well. Mm-hmm. He answered all the questions. He was resourceful. from it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly what you want here. Helped all of us old guys
1: learn something from his mistake. Not a bad thing either, no, right? No, it's not. It's a good thing. Anyways, those are the uh, nominees. When does this? I know the awards sometime in what June? I think they go out there for is that when that? it is? I think so. Anyways, all right. Mitch Sherman from the Athletic kicks off the eleven o'clock hour. Zubin Mahente from ESPN will join us about eleven twenty. Trent and I will take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO.